and Ed. Hello, I'm Sean. And I'm Chris. And welcome to the Lack of Focus podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome once again to another episode of Lack of Focus. I am your host, Ed Horn, and tonight I am only joined by our producer extraordinaire, one Mr. Chris Sheriff. Chris, how's it going, my friend? Good, thanks, Ed. How are you? Good. So we did have a last minute cancellation of Sean. Sean was not able to make it with us tonight. And because those observant are fully well aware that this is we we didn't do a show two weeks ago. So now this is like a month overdue. And Chris and I were just like, yeah, let's just go ahead and do this. <laughs> we got to get something in the can and get something done. So tonight, we're gonna, the main topic for this one is going to be collecting versus hoarding. And I will preempt this right now and be well aware of the fact that this topic has sort of been covered uh, by Chris and Sean. It was a show that I wasn't able to make. So I wasn't able to um, get my two cents in on that conversation. And since I didn't listen to it, I wasn't aware it was there, but we're going to go forward <laughs> with it anyway. <laughs> it's okay. I'm... Basically what needs to happen now is the, in a few weeks or a few months or whatever, you and Sean can record the same topic again. And I'll yeah! take off. There and you then go. you've got everyone's opinions against each of us. And, it's, you know... it's like, like a transformer though. You just got to get all three of them and put them together to get the full yeah. story. <laughs> All right, so I haven't talked to you in over a month, Chris. What have you been up to lately? What's been going on with you? Um, quite a lot, you know. Both over a month, I would bad. imagine so. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, it would be like a while, wouldn't it? So obviously, it was start of November. Um, Zach Matthews and Alan, who we did the um, D and D stuff with, uh, came to visit. We had some weeds and stuff. I was excited to hear how your um your your little mini con turned out what the turnout was like how the, how much fun you guys had we had 19 so i ended up not playing um, and just ran the event it was fine i couldn't do it i couldn't take people's money um because it was labeled as um the deployment garrison open as well so it had like it wasn't a, a sentry box tournament i was just running mm-hmm. it had like our brand attached to it and i was like you know what i'm not gonna take people's money and force a buy i'll drop and i'll run it yeah and no, it was it was good it was good fun alan made it all the way to the final table and then um Ooh. grabbed the bed um just played inefficiently into um <laughs> i was we discussed it it's all on deployment garrison it's um but basically that was um picking zach up from the airport and i took the jeep which is the vehicle i bought the day i arrived in canada 10 years ago so it was um a 2010 jeep patriot and uh, i was driving back from the airport and a transmission light came on i was like oh Uh, uh, that's not good um so we kind of just avoided driving it too much um but obviously we've got the kids now and it's our second vehicle Mm -hmm. but we were discussing it so we ended up deciding that i would I would be happier whilst we we got to a point where the correct choice is to not stress about it, drive it until the transmission falls out, and then just buy something then. Because, you know, it could be a month, it could be six months, whatever. Could be. Um, it I is worth at least that, getting looked at, at least. Like, have a well, I, like- we did. We, we had it um, serviced. So I was like, maybe just topping up with, because right. we, we, we were a little bit behind on the servicing schedule for it, obviously, with Jill going back to work. We're trying to get all our money sorted and having the the mortgage um, 
come due and having to renew a mortgage with the new interest rates being a lot higher. So we're trying to position ourselves well from that. And that got sorted at the start of November as well. And it was just what, what, lots of little things. So as much as the correct decision was to drive it until the transmission fell out, I couldn't. I, so <laughs> we, we ended up buying a, we didn't buy a new car. Um, we bought a newer car. Um, newer, new to you. Well, we, we, I kind of, my line in the sand was, look, I'm more than willing to pick up an extra shift at Sentry Box and like just use that money. You know, it's like you're a, you're a father as well, Ed. You know, you, you, you step you step up and do what your family needs when the time comes. Uh-huh. And like, and this was my you know shit or get off the pot moment for doing that. You know, oh, I, I'll I'll pick up that extra that extra one shift an evening in a gaming store. Woe is me. Oh darn. <laughs> um, but it was one of them. I didn't I didn't want to get to, I didn't want the payments to force me to do two extra shifts. Because then it's like taking more and more time away, and there's been a massive reshuffle at the store. So I'm actually down a bunch of hours, uh, but that comes out of Dice Hate's allocation of hours compared to the hours I work, like my Chris and Jill hours is how I term it. Yeah. So I, I only do Chris and Jill hours where it's like my spending money for EB is, uh, well, EB and Ayla now, I should say. I was just going to say. It's just a Tuesday, my Tuesday night shift doing the miniatures night. So I'm kind of doing that, and if we wanted a new car, our only line was it had to be within that price range and have all-wheel drive, because it's a car we use for the kids. Sure, sure. And you live in Canada, just throwing that out. Yeah, yeah. And getting something new, we were very restricted on like all-wheel drive and it not being a tiny car, so we can actually fit the kids in. So we decided to go a little bit older. And then we found some nice ones. And then they had a Kia Sorento, but it was a 2017. But it was also fully loaded V6 leather interior, like every mm-hmm. bell and whistle. And I was like, so I did, I did my research. The only issues with that vehicle were actually on the 2.4 liter engine, not the V6. So I'm like, oh, it should be reliable enough. And we got the, the four year maintenance package and everything included. So. There you go. Yeah, it, it's right at the top end of you know where the budget was supposed to be. Weirdly, you know, you yeah, sit down with them. Works out. Yeah. Oh, weird. Oh, who knew? Well, I love car sales people. It's amazing. Um, but it, it was good. It wasn't too painful. So well done, you know, Cochrane Nissan. Thank you. Um, <laughs> much more pleasant than Cochrane Toyota, which was the uh, the two garages in town that had the best reviews, kind of thing. But. Yeah, that that was stressful, but I mean, it's really nice, um, like taking Evie to school or like driving into town. It, uh, Jill, we got it for uh, an extended test drive, like overnight. Ooh! And then uh, Jill drove it to the, uh, the garage so we could like start moving forward with any paperwork. And I couldn't find the registration for it because we'd had to redo the registration, so like, you do it every year. And I couldn't find it. So Jill drove back to registries to get a new one in the Jeep. And she messaged me from registries, obviously sat in the lineup kind of thing. Um, yeah, the Jeep's terrible. Because she never really, dro- like, never really drove it and had no other point of comparison. Because our other car is a manual. The Jeep's Ooh. an automatic. Oh. oh, I mean, well, we're from the UK, so automatics are pretty rare in the UK. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, like, you just 
you learn in a manual in the UK. Like you've got it's to. A, it's become you, a lost art form. It's funny because we ju- we were just talking about this at work today. How like there are plenty of there are generations of kids. Um, in the U.S. right now that have never touched a manual transmission. Don't know what it is. Don't know what it does. What it started out was it was someone who was showing me a video that was on Reddit of these guys that, like, carjacked someone, but the guy, it was a manual car. So, like, they got in the car, and they had no fucking clue how to drive it. So they just, like, they stalled it out, like, three times and then just got out of the car. Like, all right, we're screwed. We can't do anything with this. And I'm like, that that's this generation. That's this generation of children who have grown up where automatic transmissions are almost always a given who didn't know how to drive the car. Yeah, it was, uh, was it my first car had, um, a a carburetor. It wasn't even fuel injection. I had to do the choke to get the balance right. It was cold. Yep. Yep. Did you, did you have a little, like a little pull thing on the, cause a little little pull thing for the choke. Yep. So did mine. That was my first car. It was an 86 high 86 Hyundai XL. I got that. My grandfather gave me that car as a graduation gift. It was my first, my first ever car. Yeah. It was great. Little little four banger manual transmission. It was great. I loved it. (laughs) Yeah. Good fun. Good fun. Um, But yeah, so that's been like the main stresses in life was sorting out mortgage, sorting out, car like pretty much back to back um but hopefully like do at the minute before it's christmas so getting the shifts wasn't an issue at all i worked monday night tuesday night wednesday night this week so i'm pretty tired today yeah, um, I and then jill is off tomorrow because she's working at the weekend but she, it's a christmas party tomorrow evening so no x-wing for me tomorrow night Aww. i'll be looking after ayla but well, I was as I was saying before the show, I just picked up um, Space Hulk Tactics on Steam because I've been looking for something just while away a bit of time. I've tried uh, Heroes of Might and Magic Three. I've been playing that. Oh my god! I haven't heard. We, oh god, Chad and I used to play that a long time ago. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's, I didn't want to spend a lot of money because Cara and I, you know. Uh-huh. Um, well, that's, so that's the beautiful thing with Steam. There's so many good old games. Um, that are dirt, dirt cheap on there now. And then Gabe found this site. I'm going to have to see if I can give it to you. It's Steam Codes. I think it's steamcodes.com. It's people that buy like bulk licenses and then are selling. Yeah, you, you get like the humble bundles and stuff where they right, have the right. um, codes of a bunch of games and get them. I've got a few friends who, like, if they get a bundle where like they'll they'll pick up a bundle and then just give out the codes and stuff because you can do it for, um, like, if I streamed more, I would mm. probably do the same thing. Um, which but yeah, he's picked up rolled... plenty of games off there for a lot cheaper than they were on Steam. Yeah, yeah, I think Space Hulk Tactics I already had. I just I'd never installed it, um, so I installed that today when I should have been doing some work. <laughs> um, but Imagine. I had a headache and wasn't in the mood. So yeah, we all fine. get we all get there. I totally get it. Yeah. Um, so there's been that. Um, I finally got around to um sorting out one of the kickstarts i backed was for battletech terrain that one of the guys in this in the store designed um so i i had the choice of giving him 25 dollars to just back his kickstarter or 75 dollars to get the merchant license for his kickstarter and then i immediately uh, printed them added them to the order form and sent them back to the store to see if they wanted to order any and the person who does the ordering for Dice 8 at the store is the person who designed these buildings. <laughs> so I was like, kind of convenient. 
yeah, weird. Do you want to stock those things that you made? So I, I instantly turned a profit on that up until um, I couldn't get my free, my, so I think we went, I think I went through this. So obviously I had a filament, an FDM 3D printer. Mm-hmm. Then um, it got a blob on it while I was waiting for the stuff, uh, the parts to arrive. I went and found a second one that I got relatively cheap so I could keep production going on stuff that I needed to be working on at the time. So when I had two 3D printers, once I got the parts, I fixed it. But I know last winter I ended up having a relatively high failure rate on anything that was quite thin because it's all of my stuff's in the in the garage. And it's oh, not God. it's a not heated garage. And when it gets down to like minus 15 or anything, if Jill opens the door to get the, the, the buggy out, then just that temperature change, it it causes your prints to fail, basically. Um, it literally so I, freezes while you're while you're putting it down. Yeah, it basically uh, the lowering of the temperature on the so the bed the, the heat bed is warm, and then the colder coming over the top of it, just the edges curl up, which oh. gives the thing to catch on. Yeah, um, but I bought an enclosure, so I was waiting for that to arrive, and I was like, well. I've got one that I can just churn stuff out on now. So I bought a multi-material unit so that I can print in um, multiple colors. Yeah, but it's, seen it's, they have multiple reels on them. Yes, it's a modification for the printer that I had. And they, they arrived a while ago. I built the enclosure but hadn't put the printer inside it because I was back and forth on whether I should fit the multi-material unit to a one that's going in the enclosure because it's already, you're adding in variables on what can go wrong. Mm-hmm. so giving it the most stable platform makes sense but equally it's still the most likely to go wrong which means every time it goes wrong you've got to take it back out of the enclosure yes so because i i just like procrastinated and pretended i hadn't made a decision even though i had um <laughs> been there done that yeah i finally went to put it in i'd already i'd fitted the multi-material unit and tested it and it all worked so then um, I put it in the enclosure, finally got it all finished. I didn't have space. For, the enclosure was slightly bigger than I expected it to be. Um, so it doesn't fit on the shelf next to the other printer where I planned on putting it. So I stole one of our um, side tables that was in the living room, which I knew had to go away anyway because the Christmas tree doesn't fit if that's in the living room. Yeah. So uh, that moved, um, so it's all set up where I wanted it to be. I rearranged the garage so everything would fit and then turned the printer on and it wouldn't heat up. Kept coming up with uh, temperature anomaly and wouldn't heat up. Oh. So um, oh. I was like, okay, well, take it back out of the enclosure. Uh-huh. What, what you feared was going to happen did happen. Yeah, so immediately had to take it back out of the enclosure. And then I was like, well, you know what, Chris, this will be fun. It's a fault in a in a electronic piece of equipment. You were an aircraft technician, you know. It'll be something you can get your brain working, do some fault finding. It's been a while. You you're gonna enjoy this. So I, <laughs> um, I I took the famis, um yeah the thermistor out, and like you could see the temperature changing as you held it in your fingers. So the sensor obviously isn't a problem. Um, I tried just heating the heat bed to see if the problem was from the heat bed, and that warmed up fine. So it's got to be the hot end rather than the heat bed. Right. Um, so I I I'd ordered spurs when I ordered the parts I needed to fix it the last time because 
I was like, I should have a Kanban of parts, so I don't need to wait for shipping anymore. So I subbed in the heat cartridge um, and like didn't do a proper wiring job. I subbed it all in so that I could test that and it still had the same failure. I was like, well, that, it's, not a, it's not a complex circuit. If it's reading the temperature, it, that part of it's fine. Like, or oh, maybe it, it's a firmware problem or something. And maybe they've set the curves incorrectly or something on a new firmware. So I went through rolling it back through multiple iterations of firmware, but there's a different firmware for the printer and the MMU3, and you've got to kind of pair them up properly. So, uh, yeah, you know, X through Y uses this firmware for the MMU3. Like, there's only certain, so I did all of those, nothing fixed it. And I was like, right, okay. Yeah. Um, then I was, I was stripping it down. I was gonna get the person I bought the other three D printer off. Um, said he can. When I was chatting to him, picking it up, he said, like, "I'd build him as kind of a hobby." So I've messaged him like, you know, do you fancy taking a look at this for me? Because I'm literally out of free time until after Christmas. Now I've got so many things that I need to be doing. It's like, well, yeah, I can't guarantee I'll be able to do it. Like, as in fix it. There's no right. like guarantees. If it, like if you've tried all of these things, that's what I would have done. Like, yeah, no worries. It's just I can't make any progress on it. And if I don't do it, it's just going to sit for another six months until I, you know, find the time to to look at it again. So I was stripping it down, packing it up, and I was like, there was something in the rail that the uh, the build plate moves over. I picked it up, and there's a five amp fuse in the rail. Oh. Where the f where the expletive is this from? So I opened up the um, the board. Sure enough, there's a five amp fuse that's kind of hanging out, and there's an empty slot above that one. So I push both of those in, and then it works. I'm like, you mother! <laughs> so probably when you were moving around and jostling around, you popped out one of the fuses. So, but I popped out the the fuse popped out when I was. It must be when I was putting it in the enclosure. The fuse must have popped out. As I was putting it in the enclosure, but the, it's in a, a like there's a door, so it had to have popped out and fallen straight down. But if it falls straight down, it can't fall into a rail because this rail is slightly offset. So like the the series of coincidences of the angle I must have been holding it at at the moment it fell out for it to land in the <laughs> rail for me to then push the heat bed back over it so that you couldn't see it because like looking down at it plain as day what the hell was that in the rail but with the heat bed all the way back it's covered now because there's a heat bed on top of it now you can't see it yeah i'm like <laughs> I, so I took a picture and sent the guy a message like yeah that'll do it i was like yep <laughs> yep aircraft technician don't you know oh, well, it's, like one it's one of those things you wouldn't expect to have have had i was so i was so in between all of that happening i'd actually found a third printer because I was in the middle of trying to print out these buildings, mm -hmm. which was gonna like, I was gonna get like $500 for just these like seven different packs of buildings, and they wanted two of each. It's like 500 bucks. So it's like, fine, I've gotta get, if I don't get them done, I can't fill the rest of the order. So that's like 1500 bucks waiting on these buildings getting finished. So I messaged this guy, will you take 500 bucks for a printer? He's like, yeah. So I went and bought, so I now have three printers. Jesus. But think of how fast you'll be able to print these out. <laughs> well, that's, I mean, I got them all done. And I, so 
the one with the multi-material unit is now just printing out um i'm currently doing um spell effect templates so they print out in red in like squares circles and cones but then in black they've got the size of the 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 things like a 30 foot cone a 15 feet cone um like a 10 foot square you know so you've got the diameters and everything printed on them in a different color so it's red and then with black text so it's nice and clear so i'm just churning those out on that one and then the other ones were just both doing buildings so it's an efficient little farm now there you but, go you know it'll pay, it'll pay off in the end in the long run it'll be fine yeah and it like they're all um presser um printers like they're all presser mark three three s pluses so they're good printers they're all the same so all of my spurs kind of work for all of them it it wasn't an ideal situation with everything else that's going on but what are you gonna do it's fine you know what i mean it's done I, have, I have a couple of questions yeah have you done like miniatures off of that from the filament ones um i've well, have i done miniatures on these ones um, I've done spaceship, like big stuff, with effectively it's more terrain, but like, mm -hmm. um, and then I, I still use my resin printer for any like small detailed parts, Okay, but it, because I've got a resin printer as well, I generally don't bother with it. Well, the reason why I ask is one of the things, so with Chad's son, Logan, and we have two other guys that have. Uh, resin printers at the store so we're seeing a lot of printed minis at the store i'm yeah. not knocking that i don't have a problem with it per se i really you, don't you shouldn't need to it's the star owner who's gonna have a problem with it right right i mean and like it's one of those things like even now to this day like unless you're attending an official games workshop event which there are very few of them i i i, I don't care i totally get it it's an expensive hobby some people make cost efficient choices that's not what i'm asking about the problem that we're so when logan started getting then logan started printing out miniatures for us at first it was the greatest thing since sliced bread oh we've got you know gabe got all these printed and gabe got all these printed but over time what we have found is that the resin um the resin quality that he builds with whatever it is is super brittle it's so brittle, mm. like so much so. It's the probably overexposing it when you're curing it is a problem. You've got to get the exposure level right, and then you need to make sure you get paint on them. If they're going to be in any sunlight at all, you've got to get them painted or at least primed, because it's a UV is what cures them. And the, if you over cure, yeah, if you overexpose it, they become more and more brittle. Oh, I might have to mention that then because that was kind of like, so it's one of those things like, so we've gone like 180 degrees on these is basically what it was is at first it was like, yep. Oh no, these great. And Gabe's got a whole bunch of them. But as these things have, you know, as he's had more and more problems with the resin ones that he printed that like, Oh, here's an arm that broke off. And that resin doesn't exactly glue. Like it's super glue. You're trying to get it. You know, try not to glue yourself to yourself as you're trying to get them on. But once you've already broken it, there's already air. Like you can't drill and pin it because it's so brittle that if that you definitely do, sounds like it's overexposed in it i think okay i'll have to i'll have to mention that but my point is is we've gotten to the point where like gabe's like i don't know that i want him to print anything else more because they're so brittle and they just break so easily i'd rather just spend the extra money like i've got to pay him twice to print the yeah. same model again whereas if i would just did that the first time i'd have gotten gw plastic and it'd have been like i wouldn't have this problem so i yeah, might uh, i might mention to him about the the overexposure and that's in the curing uh, process uh, that's the uv yeah yeah, I imagine he's got a UV uh, yes. curing station, 
But like, I'm anything more than like two two minutes, two and a half minutes, especially if you're doing it from like multiple angles, it gets pretty harsh. Mm-hmm. But um, I'm down to like a minute and a half on the like upright rotation, and I'll do a minute on the other angle to get my any other bits and pieces done. I don't like two and a half minutes feels more than, and even I get some brittle bits on that. But then as soon as you get it home, just undercoat it. Just get, throw so paint on it. So it n- no sunlight touches it at all. Yeah, basically. Okay. I, I, I will I will bring that to his attention. I'll see what he says. I, I don't know the answer to that question, so it very well maybe he is or isn't. I'll find out, though. So and I, I'm sure different brands of resin are all different as well. Um, one I, I'm happy with one I use, but again, my use case might be different to you guys, so. There's no right or wrong answers. I, I can't or, tell. Or, or, definitive, I, or definitive answers, I should say. There are right and wrong. I can't not, tell you the no. And I, again, so one of the other, I, mean, I don't know. I don't know if it's elitist or not. I don't know if it's, I some of the stuff I totally get. Like, oh, this is a cool build. Like, you know, this is a sculpt that you would never see from a games workshop. Like Chad's got the female corn berserkers, for example. Yeah, I was gonna say you've got the uh, the incel options. For people. Yeah, yes, yep. yes. Um, but there's a part of me that looks at so like some of not necessarily the orc stuff. The orc stuff looks really really good, but like some of the space marine stuff that he's printing for some of the newer players, like it it doesn't. No, it doesn't I, I look for for marine right. stuff. I'll print shoulder pads and uh, accessories to go on to my Games Workshop models for space marines. I use it. I printed Wookiees uh, for the Wookiee Army, and I, I think I posted on the Discord already, uh, but I did um, my range unit. I wanted to have the look of the unit in Attack of um, in Revenge of the Sith, mm-hmm. where they've got like the, the stylized armor and the helmets. Yeah. Because the, the um, AMG Wookiees are just, they, they don't have that look. They're just like, the rebel old rebel wookie box they all look like chewbacca effectively yeah pretty Just much different style bandolars and um and weapons and then the wookie chieftain is literally you just you take the bowcaster miniature from the unit box and then you glue weapons to his back and that's what makes him that's what identifies him as a wookie chieftain i was like oh, that's a bit crap but then they yeah. have there's a, a 3D sculpt of the Wookiee Chieftain who steps over barricade and does Yeah, the, uh, there you go. Yeah, so I, that was something that I'd print a, a 3D model for. Um, if I want to play Imperial Remnant for Star Wars Legion, you get to sub in the thing for that army list is that you get to take heavy weapons from different units. So the scout, Imperial Scouts have sniper rifles um, normal stormtrooper squads don't have sniper rifles as an option, but you can put them in. But the only miniature AMG makes is the scout. But if I want a stormtrooper with a sniper rifle, so oh, the, there's a bunch of 3D prints of like Imperial Death Troopers with um, HH12 rocket launchers, um, and that you know what I mean. So I'll print yeah. out the alternate models that they just don't make. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Makes sense. Like I said, for anyway, I was just it, it was just a three for me. I don't have I don't own anything currently that's three D printed. Like I I had all the sister stuff that I wanted. The only thing that I was remotely interested in is um the only way that you can get Crusaders right now is Finecast, and I yeah. fucking refuse um to work with Finecast ever again. So I did find two um oh, man. taking triangles off models 
isn't that bomb? It's therapeutic. It, it, sniffing it, it, away the triangle, and then a triangle that's underneath that triangle, and a triangle that's underneath that triangle. Just think of the Zen moments you're missing out on by not working with Vinecaster. It, it's not even. It's not even that. It's it's the material. Like it it warps, and the only way to get it straight is to dip the model into boiling water and try to get it to straighten out. And it's just. It's so bad. It's so bad. And the, the thing that frightens me, or not frightens me, the thing that frustrates me so much is what it was, was these were the old metal molds that they had from whenever they were doing them in tin, and then they just filled them with resin instead. Um, that's sort of not true, just well, because Yeah, because they made them like yeah. foam. Out of, they made them out of foam, didn't they? The, yeah, and like, the, they basically are, rather than redoing the molds from the master's, to do in metal okay. they did from in fine cast but the um the pouring process is different which is what to stop with bubbling they've got to have a lot more vents which is why you get all of and they're all right they're all flat pieces which is why you get all of a triangle like bits you've got to snip off and yeah no i mean i feel like it's obvious that it was a failure in retrospect but it also was a solution to a real problem, so whatever. You know, I don't have to worry about Games oh, Workshop for online. Sure, sure. I mean, personally myself, I don't understand how it was a solution to a problem, because, like, if they make a failed cast in resin, it's done. There's nothing to do. You make a failed cast in tin, just pick everything up, toss it back in the pot, and remelt it and go again. Um, to a point. Like, you, there is a process. You don't just throw the model back in the pot because it's got a release agent on it I and know, all that. I yeah, uh, so it's wash it in isopropyl alcohol and then put it back in the pot there. And the prices of tin when they made the change, yeah, they like... were they were a bit high. I get it, but yeah. So anyway, so that's the only thing that I'm even debating having done is it. And and I get again trying not to sound like an elitist. One of the main problems I have with the Crusader models is their mail. And I've got my girls. I don't need to. They don't need two guys. So I picked two female crusaders that I found. So those might be the only two models that I ever feel that are that are three D printed, just because they look cool. And no, they are not incel versions. Yeah, they well, just like I said, you can have your incel models. That it's fine. Have your yeah, female. No, they, they aren't. They aren't. They, I have my fix for that, and that's the old GW sculpts of my Repentia models. And oh god, do I love them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I did. I did have, all right, so uh, so uh, is there anything else you want to cover before I cover into to, to my stuff? No, I, I mean, I've done stuff. I've, I've played some X-Wing. I've done things, blah, 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 whatever. Uh, I painted, for, if you go into Discord, I, I drew with pastels and started, I've actually started working on backdrops for miniatures. Ooh. So if you have a look, I, I started oh, actually doing real, do real see. art. Look at that. That is really cool, Chris. I tried. I, I, I'm hoping that it gets better. Well, tried and... hell. That looks really good. Especially with the model that you have in there, they have in the background. That is really good. So that model was um, one of my friends. I just couldn't be bothered going upstairs, getting any of my models out of the cabinet. But yeah, I've, I tried to pick something that would fit with the background. No, that is really cool. That really is. I've often wondered, I've thought about doing it, because like one of the... Like, Probably when I'm a little bit older in life and I'm more like I have more free time, the kids aren't around. Like I've always wanted to do a diorama like you see it like the you see like Golden Demon kind of thing, like where you get all the models and like you're never going to play with them. They're never going to see a dice roll, but you want to do something cool like that. I've always wanted to do something like that. And like, how do you photograph it? How do you display that? 
that's how you do it. You have a background like that to do it. Yeah, and like that background there fits in with the style of my Star Wars Legion table. So it's kind of figuring out what tables I have, what art style I need to kind of do to fit in with them. And uh, this is all in my like A4 size sketchbook, but then I have a big A3 sketchbook. And I've already got, I, I bought the stuff to do it ages ago. And again, fear of failure kind of thing. I just never bothered starting. Yeah, I know that feeling. Um, I know that feeling a lot. <laughs> But as I have a lot less um, responsibilities at the store now, I, I don't really have any receiving to do, any orders to do. Um, I was like, well, we try and do miniatures-related arty stuff, like building and painting models on the Tuesdays. Why not just take in uh, some stuff and be working on backdrops? So. Yeah, that's really cool. That, that I really do like that. All right, so yeah. what have I what have I been up to lately? Okay, so here's what I've been up to lately. So uh, Chris kind of gave some of his his woes. I'll, I'll share some of mine. Um, I spent basically almost a month, of, unfortunately, away from the game store. Wasn't able to get to the game store. The reason for that was my wife was diagnosed with a heart condition, and she has evenings where she's just wiped out. She's just exhausted. So like it's impossible for me to be able to say, yeah, I'm gonna go hang out with my friends for a couple of hours. You'll be fine. All right. Um, I kept having that fear of God forbid something were to happen and I'm 20, 25 minutes away and I had to be here really, really quick. Um, I couldn't do it. So I liked it not to go. So the first, so it's been a bit since we've had the chance to talk. So the first, those first few weeks I decided, okay, since I'm not doing anything else, I have oddly enough inspiration for tonight's show, um, a very large backlog of PS3 games that I have collected over the time, uh, a frightening amount. Whenever I actually sat down and counted them, there's over a hundred games sitting there that I'm like, how the hell did I collect this many already? Holy crap. Um, so I burned through, uh, uncharted two and uncharted three, both of them, fantastic games. Um, I recognize that these are games that people have already played. They're, they're so old that everyone's already talked about them, but again, they were new to me. Um, I have never played them. I've never touched them. So they were all fantastic for me. Um, I ended up uh, playing and beating uh, Dead Space 2, which was also amazing. Now, I still I feel like Dead Space 2 is one of those games that like it's like the alien aliens thing. Like one of those two is your favorite movie in the series, but they're for very different reasons. One of them is more action and one of them is more horror. And I seem to I, I lean in the direction of Alien because it's more horror than the act. I love both. I really do. And I felt the same way about Dead Space 2. Like, I liked it. It was fun, but it was more actiony than the horror kind of feel that I got from Dead Space 1. So I still kind of inclined to, to, to like Dead Space 1. And then I had a couple other games that I picked up and like, okay, I've paid money for these. Let me give them a try. I think I put a few hours into them and didn't like them. Um, Bayonetta, I thought I was going to love because I'm a big fan of like the mindless hack and slash kind of games. Mm. And there's a really over the top story <laughs> that comes with Bayonetta, which I was not aware of that. I'm really struggling to kind of be into. So I kind of set that one down. It's like, maybe, maybe I'll come back to that again and said, okay, if I need a, a mindless beat em up. I've never played any of the Batman Arkham series. Not one. Oh, even I've played one of those. Not one. a single one. So I played, so I picked up and I'm about, I don't know, I don't know, a few hours into Batman Arkham Horror, the first one in the series. Arkham so, Asylum. No. Arkham Asylum. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, yeah that's the one. My apologies. It, um, it's, it's Arkham Asylum. Arkham then, City. Arkham City. And, and, yeah. then, Ar and then, then Arkham Knight. Correct. Knight, yeah. Correct. Yeah, I did. I finished Arkham Asylum. And then 
I think I was going through trying to hundred percent all of the Riddler clues uh, and got relatively far into that, and then decided um, I'd just start playing Arkham City, and I never did. I've got all three of them though. Yeah, yeah, I have, I have all three here. Uh, so I just started on that one. It's so fantastic for me to recognize the fact that that's Mark Hamill doing the voice for the Joker, and it just makes me love the game even more. And it is, it's, it's kind of like mindless. It's, button mashing beat em up kind of thing it's great i've really i really am enjoying it and like i said these are these are games that are all new to me so like i i totally understand why these games did so well and why they're considered some of the best on the, in the series uh no, and on, i remember on- playing yeah i played it when evie was still young when uh like joe had gone back to work and um i remember like i've visited i did the difficulty slider thing of like i'll play certain bits on hard and then if it, as soon as I start getting frustrated or anything, it's not worth it. I've got a kid to be looking after, drop right. the difficulty down and just doing that thing. And yeah. But I, I enjoyed that. Yeah. Yeah. No. So I, I'm about, I am, like I said, I'm a, I'm a couple of hours into it, but so things have started getting better though. In the last couple of weeks, I have been able to make it to the store. Um, we, I don't even know that I've even had a chance to talk about this. Um, we're doing an event uh, the day after Christmas. Uh, at oh, our local cool. game store, um, we're doing a, a last man standing event. Um, I don't know if I've, I may or may not have talked about this in the past, but uh, the basic premise behind it is it's a hundred percent casual event, totally for fun. Th- there's no way to actually be competitive in this game. It's just not possible. Um, but the the basic premise behind the game is everyone brings a thousand point army, and you put at least four players or up to six on a single table, and it's the last man standing you the alliances can be made they're encouraged betrayal is encouraged even more because there can only be one winner off of that table and depending on how many players we have enough players now that i think we're probably gonna end up with three uh, three tables uh four per table um whoever wins on each table whatever you have left on the board whether it's one model with one wound left or a third of your army left you pick it up and you take it over to the final table and that's what you have to finish the game with you don't get a restart. It doesn't start over again. It's whatever's left. And then whoever wins, wins the pot. Eight bucks a, game, eight bucks a person to buy in. Um, we're going to be at the store at 1030 in the morning um, so that we can be there when the store opens at 11 because all the tables will be set up. Everyone's going to be there. I anticipate being there pretty much all day. It's on their standard miniatures night. It's just going to be oodles of fun. Um, we don't have a ton of quote unquote competitive people. So it's one of those things that even if you're not competitive, you can go to that kind of event and have fun and have some laughs and roll some dice and still enjoy your time there. So yeah. I, so we've been practicing for that. Um, I had to introduce the, the, uh, the younglings, um, people who've only been playing um, 40K since like eighth edition and up to what a scatter die is um, because we added a new mechanic uh, for this year's version. Um, which is loot boxes. So there's a whole bunch of rules in 10th edition right now that say, you know, if this person's sitting on an objective, you get some bonus. Like my sisters, for example, if battle sisters are sitting on an objective, you get an extra miracle die. Um, Some armies like, oh, if you're attacking something that's sitting on an objective, you get a bonus to hit or something like that. And we didn't want to lose any of that. So we had to put the objectives on the board, but we were like, well, why else? We need a reason for people to want to even go for those objectives because that's obviously not how you win the game in this one. So what we decided to do is we decided to do random loot boxes. So if you're standing on an objective in your command phase, 
um, you have to pull out a scatter dice and a D6, and it drops a marker somewhere on the board. And then if you go and land on it, it does something random. You roll a D20, and it could be really, really good. Like, hey, you heal D3 wounds, or hey, you get plus one to hit this turn, or something really, really bad, like it's a bomb, and you immediately take D3 mortal wounds, like all kinds of fun stuff. Um, but when it came down to the scatter dice, I had a whole bunch of people going, well, what the hell is that? Like, how, how does it work? What does it do? So I, it was so much fun to be able to have to pull some of my old scatter dice out of the bag and be like, yeah, this is kind of like, this is what blast weapons used to do in older editions. Oh my God, that's crazy. It's so weird. <laughs> so that's, that's yeah. been, that's been a ton of fun. And then uh, I, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was going to say, speaking of scatter dice, I bought Legion's Imperialis. Uh, the new epic. Um, I've got the rule book and uh, a lot of space green stuff, but I've not. I'm, I haven't had time to sit and read it all properly yet. Um, so that's kind of stalled out. But I'm pretty excited for that. Have a scattered eye in it. Yeah, oh. it's got all of the old templates and everything as well. Oh my god, I can't wait! I can't wait. Uh, I may or may not have asked Santa for something like that. <laughs> <laughs> um. So to to finish up, um, I, I know I posted it in Discord. I don't know if I had a chance to talk about my 1500 points is officially fully painted. I did post family photos in Discord for those. Um, we do still have anticipation. I do anticipate taking them to Adepticon this year, which means I still need 500 points. Um, so yeah. I, I have um, may or may not have asked Santa for another exorcist. I may have asked Santa for another, another, another um, castigator. <laughs> and Celestine. <clears throat> yeah, we know. We um, everyone's aware. <laughs> might um uh is part of that list. And that will that will round out my two thousand points. So that I'll have an, I will have enough points fully painted to be able to participate in uh Depticon. And it's actually coming up. I mean, we're on the, I hate necessarily dating this the show. It's December fourteenth, the day that we're recording this. Tickets go on sale in January. Yeah. So I need I, that basically puts me on a clock of three months of getting two tanks painted and um, the two uh, crusaders painted and ready to go so that they can be, they can be played at Adepticon. Yeah. But I'm well on my way. Two tanks is not going to take me that long. The tanks are, I actually enjoyed painting tanks um, as opposed to like some of the characters. And it's just frustrating on how long it takes to paint them because you have to be, they're so detailed, but tanks, tanks, I mean, they are as equally detailed, but I get to tell you, there's just nothing better than that feeling of, putting every model on the table. They're all painted. They're all in the right scheme. Everything looks good. It's just a warm, fuzzy feeling of just pulling those girls out every time I bring them out. It's so much fun. I'm really enjoying it. I kind of stalled out on doing my Elder because they were good, so I never bothered finishing them. Eh, they've balanced them like twice now. You should give them another shot. I think I'm just going to wait for Dark Angels now. Ooh. Uh, well, uh, I already I already have them all all the stuff that I want in box like brand new just still sealed in boxes. I feel well, so bad because I bought the lion like the limited lion box that sold out immediately at launch. I got the only one that arrived in the store because it was allocated and it's just sat sealed still on my shelf. Oh my god! Oh my god! Yeah. Well, it's interesting that you say that because uh, this past weekend, the the new Necron Codex dropped. So, like, I wasn't as excited about the Tyranid Codex whenever it came out. Don't get me wrong. I still love my bugs. They're all here. I like playing them. I just, I haven't been in a mood to play them for quite some time. But I have had a yearning to play my Necrons for, because I, have, I haven't touched them in 
an edition, at least. I think it's, I started with them in the early ninth edition, moved to Bugs and stayed with them until Sisters, and then I haven't looked back. So there's a big part of me that's like, okay, I because I think I've mastered my Sisters. I, I, there's not much more for me to learn from playing that army that I don't already know. Um, except for whenever, at some point in time, hopefully, I get to play test Celestine to get an idea what she adds to the list. But I already have a pretty good idea what she's going to add. So I could, I feel now that I'm comfortable that if I pick them up, take them to Adepticon, they're ready to go. So now I'm like, now I need another challenge. Now I need something else. And the new Necron Codex dropped out. And all it, it's funny to me, all the units that used to be really, really good whenever I got out of 40K, Necron Race, for example... Uh, I went to a tournament in Philadelphia with Chad where I ran 18 race because I own 18 race and the wraiths have sucked every single codex ever since. Apparently they're really, really good in this edition. Like all the things I like, the Necron race, they're really, really good. The Doomstalker, really, really good. And I'm like, all of that stuff's painted. It's all done and painted right now. I could just go in, pull them out. And go up and play. So I think um, we're, we're still practicing for Last Man Standing, which is going to happen December 26th. Um, the next... I mean, Necrons might be a good shout for Last Man Standing if they keep coming back. They might. They might. I like, agree. You, you win just by durability. So. so secret between me and you and all the people listening at home, I don't want to win that event because I'm technically hosting it. And I think it all, it, it just like you um, conveniently took a step back from the event that you ran, which I think is the right decision. I'm making the same equal decision. I don't want to win that event. I'm not taking a particularly what I would think is a strong list to this event for the reason of like, I want to be there. I want to roll dice, but I don't want to win it. I don't yeah. want it to be Ed hosted a tournament so that Ed could win it. So yeah, I, I want I want someone else to win that. So I want to get blown off the table fairly early so that I can bounce back and forth between the between the and I might I might like legitimately cause problems on that table so that people want to get me off the table and kill me. Um for yeah. that reason. So yeah, so after that event, then I'm gonna blow the dust off the old the old neck runs. I've already got them sitting out here. I already found all 18 of my race. Um I've already drawn up a list. I've, I, I've, you know, flipped through the, the the codex and gone through things so to make sure that I'm pretty prepared. I'm looking forward to playing them, but that that'll have to wait until after Christmas. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So that kind of covers. Oh, and then I had a a, a coaching game. We uh, again, it seems to be my job that I'm the, uh, I'm the coach of. Hey, these new players are starting to come in. Someone needs to show how they're doing. Um. So I volunteered to play against another new player. Not for not for nothing. It's it, it's a girl. It's a woman that came in to play, and she was playing sisters. I'm like, oh, I play sisters as well. Would it be great? It'd be you know, we'll, we'll have a training session with sisters on sisters, and. She looked at my Repentia and went, those don't look like my Repentia. And I'm like, yeah, those are the old ones. And I'm like, please don't look at the front of them. <laughs> I beg of you. Okay, Mr. Incel Repentia. I can't help it. I like that sculpt better. That <laughs> no, it has nothing to do with the boobies. It has everything to do with the fact that they're more canonically correct. Yeah, it, it, you're more of a hip, hip and ass guy, right? Because you see the back of them as a charging your opponent. I get it. Yeah, yeah and that's, I, I don't ever see the boobies. I only ever see the back. That's it. <laughs> Man, the, the shading and highlighting and the wet blends on this bottom are really nice, Ed. You've done good. They really are. They really are. When I have to sit down and trigger, try to figure out the correct nipple color and actually have that <laughs> out loud conversation with my son, what color goes right with a nipple for this color? Oh, dear. Oh, totally look photo, look for photos for, for context, too. Like, it was totally research, too. 
Oh man, I didn't even need to go into an incognito while talking about porn today. Yeah, no, I'm totally doing research. Well, I what color does the you know more more olive skin nipples look like? Oh, they're a little bit darker. Okay, that's a couple of shades darker. I gotta go. Yeah, like the, I had to have these conversations. I really did. Yeah, I'm just asking questions, man. Just asking yeah, questions. Yeah, just asking questions. That's all. So yeah, so that's oh, been yeah. that's that's been gaming. So main topic for the evening is collecting versus hoarding now how i proposed this in the 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 chat was like why do we buy the things that we buy why do we collect the things that we collect and why we're, we're all gamers anyone that's listening to this is a gamer in some fashion you all have the same pile of shame that we all we all have one it is a box of something that you bought with either the intent to play and have never opened the intent to build and have never built or the intent to paint and it's still sitting there and primer gray or like for me in my instance um the other top the other uh, avenue i was going to go down this direction is a pile of games sitting on a shelf for your console that you've literally never plugged into your console and played why do we do these things like is it an addiction is it a hoarding thing like like at what point in time does it cross the line from i collect something to it's just an amassing of stuff yeah yeah i mean i have Maybe I can't really remember the conversation with Sean. I know that um, we, we were more talking about when it's time to start purging the collections and stuff like that. But the the first thing I realized, um, so basically, I no longer do the miniatures area at the Sentry Box anymore. They just want me to focus on hosting events and uh, like they're trying to revamp the way we do social media. So I'm going to be kind of doing that as well. Oh, that would um, be fun don't really know what it all entails until the new year but someone else is now managing the miniatures area and i went through and looked at the amount of crap that i had that i'd literally only bought because i wanted to sell like i don't really care i have this so that i can learn to play it so i can do demos of it so that i can sell the stuff from the department that i'm managing i'm like that's just stupid why am I doing this? <laughs> Why am I spending my own money to get stuff that I don't even want? So that obviously is a unique situation. Sure. Um, but but like, it's a good, it's a good I, example. It's a good example of you yeah, have what? boxes of stuff that you have paid. Oh, man, it's 9.30. Ed's internet's just gone off. Big sad. Oh, well. I'm just going to vamp for a little bit. But it is right. I did spend the money to... Um, I get all of this stuff and what was it i returned everything that was still in box in shrink i took back and returned it all and that was what paid for my um uh, legions imperialis yeah. ed's back ed's back now so i, I am yeah, kind it, of roll, roll it, in. if you had on your bingo card ed forgot to turn the internet on for the computer you know congratulations yeah. bingo you win <laughs> yeah i was so basically um just to get you up to speed i've kind of i I told them that's what had happened and carried on regardless. And mm -hmm. um, I was saying that basically the stuff that I, like my Legion's Imperialist stuff, my pre-orders, I was missing, we got allocated, so I'm missing one of the Thunderhawks I asked for because you can field up to three, so I asked Ooh. for three. Um, but it was like 600 Canadian dollars. It cost me $40. Oh, yeah, that's not so bad. That's the amount of stuff that I returned. From oh. games, that, but anything that was still sealed that I just took back to a store and like, yeah, you can have all of this garbage back. I will take some shiny new tiny spasmorines. 
Well, like, so for example, like, I still own, with the exception of those two uh, ships I sold from X-Wings, I still own every single X-Wing ship that I ever bought. It's either here in this display over here or in the box with all of my X-Wing stuff. Am I ever going to touch them again? I don't know. Maybe. If I ever do, I can. But do I really need them? That's probably the best example I've got. So sure, do I have armies here for 40K that I haven't touched? I've got Space Marines, haven't touched them in forever. I just got done saying, yep, I like my Tyranids, but yeah, I'm not going to break them out right now. I'm not really, not, they're not really exciting me right now. Um, I'm just now pulling the, blowing the dust off of my Necron army. Um, so I can kind of in my head justify those. I always keep the Marines around like, oh, if I'm going to teach someone how to play a game, I can always bring Marines. Marines a good starting point. Um, so I can always keep those in my head as justifications to keep them. I'm finding a really hard time justifying keeping those. Like the other example is I've got boxes and boxes of boxes of common and uncommon magic cards that just kind of got tossed in a box that are just sitting here. And I don't know uh, why I'm keeping them. Um, it- I can hazard a guess for you if you would like. Oh, by all means, please do. Because you know that to get anything near the value for them, you have to sort them. And you know that that's like two days worth of sitting around doing something that's less fun than trying out the video games you've not played yet. That's fair. It, like You could take them to the store and dump them and get nothing, no value from them. But that's silly when you could go through and do the work yourself. And yeah. you don't, it's not like you need the money right now. And yeah. they're not doing any. They're not doing any harm. No. The, well, all right. So the, the only argument I, the, the, as far as quote unquote doing the where they're currently being stored, my wife decided to clean out that particular closet uh, a couple of weeks ago, and she's like, "You have." I bet you. I bet you that's the first time you thought about them in it, like twelve months. Or... It, it was a hundred percent. It was because whenever I came, like I came home from work from one day, and she sorted everything out, and she's like we need to figure out what you want to do with all your stuff. And I'm like, well, what's wrong with them? And she's like, well, you just have too much of it. Like what? I don't know. I don't even know what to do with any of this. And she's like, like these boxes here, what are these? I'm like, that's probably 20,000 common and uncommon magic cards. She's like, do we need 20,000 common and uncommon magic cards? I'm like, no, probably not. Well then do something with them. <laughs> like, yeah. well, like, like, what do you do? Like, do, do, you, do you bulk sell you, them? Like I, you take, you take them to the store and say, uh, just give me some credit for this. Yeah, yeah. You, but... you accept that you're going to get less than a quarter of the value, but you also accept that your time is worth more than that. Yeah, and that's that's probably a really good point. And like the X-Wing stuff, for example, like, so if I were... <sighs> so I I'm the, the latest rat batch of rumors that apparently are going around, which obviously have been going around over and over again, is that X-Wing may be complete gamed in January, February time. Oh, no. So, I mean, oh, this, no. I, I put zero stock into this, and I also don't actually think that it matters, even if that is true, because like, Armada's been a complete game, and they've still done like print-and-play releases for that. They're still doing like, OP support for Armada. So do, I, does it really affect anything i don't know um so but what i'm saying is like i would put the x-wing on a higher priority yeah in the event that it does turn out to be 
yeah. the end of the road. So that depends on it depends on how you look at it, though. So like, and again, not that not that every and I hate using the word dead game. Every, we'll use that. We'll use every complete game um, out there. I can think of like CCGs. The one that I always draw back on is the Star Wars um, CCG, the one that Decipher did whenever they lost the license. There are still people that play that game to this day. Is it anywhere near the size of the audience that it was before? Is the demand anywhere near the size that it was before? No, not at all. Like they have a whole community that's been keeping that game alive and they come up with new rules and they come to updated rules, but you need a really dedicated fan base to do that. And if not every miniatures game, like the Star Wars miniatures X- game, X-Wing that will have that if it does happen. But the, the real secret is that there is a different set of um like checks you need checks and balances you need to go through to make a decision like are you on a limited hobby budget if you're on a limited hobby budget how much stuff do you have that you need to need to add to your your collection like how far behind on getting the stuff you want are you yeah. all of that kind of stuff and then if that is the case whilst like if X-wing died tomorrow, some some ships go up in value. All ships become harder to sell. Yes, because the the the, the so target you, I, demand you, I, starts to drop yeah. off. Yeah. So like whilst stuff might get more and more valuable, it it's harder and harder to find the person to pay that money. Yes. So which means that uh, to to actually move it, the day you decide you need to sell it, you want to sell it that day. So it's actually worth a lot less. Yep, because you, you like you have to price it. At, yeah, you've got to price it at the price that is too good to pass up. So let's say that the price that number is twenty percent of the the value is the price that's too good for someone to pass up. Is is the percentage that you've got to pay it gets smaller? It doesn't matter how much bigger the value get, kind of thing. Yeah. So like for you, is it like? Are you on? Are you on that limited budget? Do you do you need anything this week? Kind of thing. No. So if you don't, then keep it. Doesn't really matter. It's still Star Wars stuff. You still like Star Wars. I still you know what do. I mean? Um, like I have every. I I think I picked up a collection of Rebel Armada stuff, and I had no interest in playing Armada. I painted some of the fighters, and then I rounded out the collection so that I have at least one of everything. And I've not played that. I mean, I ran the Armada event that had odd numbers, and I could have played in it then, as like just being the buy or whatever. I just, I didn't care. I don't want to play Armada, but the ships are cool. I, I still go back and forth today on, do I want to get all the Imperial stuff as well? And it is literally just to sit in my cabinet. Like, I don't play games with my Lego Star Wars. Right. It's the same thing. Uh, currently, my 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 X Wing stuff. Like I sold a bunch, of everything that was extended. I kind of got rid of, but I kept I kept the movie extended stuff. So I kept the Lambda shuttle. I kept the um, quad jumper. I kept the Resistance bomber. I kept the Upsilon shuttle. The Lambda shuttle still in extended. Yeah, it isn't. Um, it's not standard. It's never been released in black packages. No space cow. Oh, that, have, that's the, the reason. Reaper, so. That's the reason why it's a complete game. There's no space cow in it. That there's there's your problem right there. <laughs> yeah, but uh, like 
I don't, I never feel them because I don't play extended, but I don't need to to get value out of them. I get my value is them being in my display and sure, you know. sure. And don't get me wrong, like I have my two Imperial Epic ships and a whole bunch of fighters under here, my two Rebel Epic ships and a whole bunch of Rebel ships and the Falcon there. Like it, it looks badass, it really does. And if that's but my, I guess my question is, is, if that's all I want is for those display ones here, I have a whole box of other ones. Yeah. So get them on uh, Star Wars Buy, Sell, Trade. Get it done. I I, I, I I might have to consider that. But, um, I mean, that kind of leans towards the conversation me and Sean had about, like, when it's time to purge. Like, the, the buying stuff, the why we do it. Like, obviously, taking off the managing the miniatures area hat. Yeah. And that reason for buying stuff. Um, so I own, I I think I bought Restore out of um, Rune Wars because I liked a Rune Wars game. And when that was a complete game and like, like went away, I bought all of it. And it's all still in boxes in the downstairs bathroom, which isn't a bathroom because it's filled with crap. <laughs> all right, that was formal. I didn't want to. I knew it would become harder and harder to get, so I bought it all while I could for a good price and then did nothing with it. So I'm not missing out. Owning it or not owning it would have would have been irrelevant. I wouldn't have missed yeah. out on anything, yeah. but I didn't know it at the time. But now it's that far into it being a dead game that it's now harder and harder and harder. Every day it gets harder to move. Yeah, if you wanted to sell it, it's so you got to find that one or two person in the world that doesn't have that thing that you want that really wants it. Yeah, yeah. like so for oh. example, like I still have over my shoulder right now all of my first edition, second edition, third edition um, Dungeons and Dragons books, three point five, the whole the whole nine yards, my original red box, like it, it's all here. I couldn't tell you the last time that I picked up one of those books. It would have been on a podcast to talk to Sean about right, it. Right, right. And that's probably about it. But I mean, to actually use it, to actually use it, to play it, to do anything with it at you, all. You you haven't and never will. But that's not why you own it. You own yeah. it because you want it on the shelf because it's that reinforcement that you've been like, it's part of your identity. Right. It's I mean, not... every, every one of those game books has been used at one point in time. Like, I think I've told this story before. How I ended up getting into Dungeons and Dragons before is like my 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 grandmother was. Uh, do they have flea markets in the UK? Uh, they make um, them yeah, car like car boot sales, car boot, like exactly. Um, so she used to go to they used to go to these all the time, and she used to always take a grandchild. I was the oldest grandchild, so I was the one that kind of started the whole whole thing, because um, she always needed help because she bought and sold antiques at these things. Like we were like I were, I have fond memories of four o'clock in the morning digging through boxes of the flashlights kind of thing, um, and I remember I usually brought a book with me because I'm uh, surprise surprise I'm a gigantic bookworm, and I forgot a book that day, and I was roaming around and I saw the old original player's handbook. And it was like, yep, it's $3 for one book or $5 for all three of them kind of thing. And I'm like, well, I only need one book. I'll just pick up this one. This is the this is the first book in the series. And if I like it, I'll come back. Because like thinking that they were, you know, fiction books, books yeah. not. And I got, I don't know, 25 pages into that going, this is a game. This is an amazing game. And then went back and got the other two guys, kept the same price, sold them back to me. And I have owned those books my entire, like, I had to be eight years old when that happened. Yeah. Like, 
So like, I never want to get rid of those. Like those have like, there's an emotional attachment to all of those books. And over yeah. the years, every single one of these are games in my, in Chad's basement playing second edition or third edition, going down to the Phantom of the attic and DMing for 3.5, you know, RPGA games or, or trying to figure out if I liked fourth edition and not really liking it or all the pathfinder. Like there, there's memories there that I don't know that I'm willing to part with. And it, yeah. And and that's kind of where some of that I have you ever seen the show Hoarders out of curiosity? I know of it. I don't watch. Um, yeah, it's a train wreck, home network or whatever it is. Yeah, it's on Netflix. If you want to, if you ever want to really, um, no, so no, I don't. I don't. <laughs> you don't. I, I, you, I don't. You, I don't. Trust yeah, me, well, you don't. Okay. Um. So there is. I don't necessarily agree with every person that has a hoarding OCD kind of condition because some of the stuff is just flat, frankly, just gross to me. I don't understand pooping in a bag and keeping it in a corner. Like I don't get that part of it. Um, well, well, maybe it was a really good meal. He wanted to remember this emotional attack. Maybe, maybe in, Ch I, in Chad's basement, you know, maybe, maybe, I don't know. Um, I, I don't understand that side of it, but I do totally understand the people like, Oh, well, there's an emotional attachment. This reminds me of someone, or this reminds me of something. Or I totally understand that emotional attachment to things of, this reminds me of a time kind of thing. So that for me is, and I'm, again, I'm freely to admit, like that for me, like that box of X-Wing, I have an emotional attachment to. That is the same box that when we started doing X-Wing and taking it up to the store and starting getting people in that led to me going to a yeah. regionals that led to me meeting Roy and R Roy Scales and Paul Heaver and, and starting a podcast and meeting Chris and meeting Sean and meeting friends. And like and that box has that level of attachment for me. What's, what's the uh, old woman's old lady's name? Uh, if, uh, does it bring you joy? Um, thing but is it my oh, it's not Marie Curie that's a cancer lady right oh, um it's, I it's can't not, even remember it's not the, um, it's not the UK nanny show what the heck was no it uh, um super nanny uh, not her is it oh I'll find it oh, Marie well, Kondo Marie Kondo does it bring you joy and that like going through your house and getting right like, pick it up mm. why why and like yep yeah, it's the same for me like I rebought um I rebought. I never owned it. I bought the Horus Heresy board game by FFG. Ooh. I'm never. I'm never gonna play it. It brings me joy just being on my shelf. I, I, like, I have. I have my. I, I my completed Hero Quest game. I, I I ended up finding the other other pieces on eBay uh, a couple months back and completing it. So now all of the pieces are there. Haven't yeah. touched it. <laughs> haven't... No, but like, that's not the play. The act of playing the game isn't what brings you joy. The act of owning something can like it's the same for me as um sculptures and art pieces and like Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it serves no practical purpose, but it brings me joy. A hundred percent. It invokes an emotion. So like I so that again, this is one of the things that I'm I, I don't know, struggling is probably not the right word because if I were in a position where this was financially hurting me or my family and we were like struggling because of this, a hundred percent, it would all go away without, without question. It would all go away, but it's not. And does it yeah. take up some space in a room in the house where it sits on the shelf and it doesn't really get touched? Yes. Does it mean that, like, is it encumbering anything? Is it hurting anything being here? No, not really. Not at all. 
So like, I don't know, like legitimately, I, I speak of this probably because I do genuinely feel that this is, I don't know if it's a problem or not. It's definitely something that I struggle with on every, like every army I've ever had. I've always, I've always been proud to say I've never sold a 40 K army. Cause I haven't, every, if I, I, if I don't like it, I just put it on the shelf and then I don't know, one or two editions later, they become really, really good. Like my Necron race, my 18 Necron race that I bought 18 or 12 years ago are now all of a sudden really, really good again. Like at some point in time, they'll come back out of the shelf and be useful again. The X-Wing stuff I struggle with. I don't know how, I don't especially learning what I've learned today, that it might be a potentially complete game. When's the next time I'm ever going to like, what's going to happen is I mean, like, 10 years so, from so now. So roll that back, Ed. Let's say that it actually gets a new lease of life in January. When's the next time you're going to touch it? And that's the other That's the other side to it. right now. Like, I'm not giving you any insider information. This isn't like... Oh, yeah, no, 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 no. I, I, don't, I, I, I don't know anything. It's just like someone was asking me and talking to me about it um, the other day. I was like, I know I worry here in it. If it like is it's coming out of one of the negative groups again, you know that kind of thing. But I'm like, well, these are the same people. Uh, that's uh, my the my response, gonna... like, sorry, my response was, does it even matter? Like, I I feel like the eight, nine, ten, sixteen, twenty people we've got locally you play, we'll still we'll keep a booking on a Friday night because yeah, they'll still what be there. we do. We'll still like none of us like. If we like, I buy the new releases still, um, but like, well, and it, I guess none of us are buying stuff, it's just I was that's a, exactly what I was just gonna say. It depends on your level of commitment to the quote unquote meta or not. Like, if you're just playing the game just to have fun and play for well, like, it doesn't matter what the meta is, we own everything, there's no. nothing for us to buy, so it doesn't matter if a game's complete or not because we already own it all. So, even if like they do a new release, like. I bought I bought the YT twenty four hundred box because uh, it had two different cards. It was a nicer paint job, but like I'll sell my own old twenty four hundred. There's a nicer paint job on on Dash's ship. Yeah. Oh, I'll have to look that up. Yeah. Uh, so even the Falcon, uh, all of them paint everything in the black boxes are painted infinitely nicer than anything that was in the gray boxes. Mm, I still like so that. so sell all of it. And just buy, rebuy the ships you want in the new boxes. Do your store a favor. Um, Get some of the stuff then, collecting dust off the shelf. Yeah, you'll you'll cut down the number of models you have, but the paint jobs on all the models you own will be nicer. Easy. Yeah. And I can't tell you like the the reason why I have the volume of ships that I do, aside from trying to start up people playing the game and needing to have enough ships for everyone to play. How many times did we buy ships just because you didn't want the ship, but you wanted the upgrade card that was in the box? Like I, I can't, oh, it's, it's I like, can't tell I, you the number of ships I bought did that with. Well, when we used to do like Nova and we'd go through and like I was always like me and Sean was like, well, I've, I've got to get a full playset. Maybe I want to run eight of them. Maybe I want to run uh, I, not, if it's going to fall here, I'm going to want to run six of them. That's the most you can run. But like now with the change to a game and like generics effectively being like not a thing. There's no that isn't a thing anymore. It's yeah. so like, yeah, you I'm I probably want five T seventies because you can run five different named T seventies, but outside of that specific platform, I don't know that there's any list that I would want to run multiples of the same ship anymore. I I I'll keep like 
three tie bombers, maybe four tie bombers, but I don't need six. All right. And or that's eight. where I'm kind of thinking. I, I, I think I own eight. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I think I'm keeping 10 tie fighters uh, because I, at some point I plan on repainting four of them to be Inferno Squadron. So I want to do a, a custom paint on those. And then I'll keep six to be normal ones. But you know what I mean? There's that, that kind of thing. But yeah, like X-Wing as a game now is very much, to me, it feels more like 40k. Like You buy a list you want to play now. You don't buy... It's not a collectible card game. It's not a, a living... Right. Like, like X-Wing under FFG in first edition was a living card game that included a miniature. Yeah. And like, the miniature, now the miniature it, actually had no bear, like you could literally just play with the bases if you really want. Yeah, like the miniature's irrelevant to the game. Um X-Wing now feels like a miniatures game. Like you you buy it of, like you would buy a miniatures game. Because of the named characters. That's probably a that's definitely an added effect to it. I don't know that they were I don't know if it was by design, but it does feel that way. I well, I've I mean I think it because it, it definitely felt that way to me that like AMG is a miniatures game company, and it feels like we're like changing to objectives. The way the game feels now feels like you're playing a miniatures game. I it's the the core of the game is still the same, but it definitely has that feel and approach, and like every the way I think about it has that um, that kind of mentality now. Um, like unironically, I think you would genuinely like X Wing a lot more than you used to if you played x-wing i'm not trying to convince you to play x-wing but I mean, that's not the ulterior motive here oh you're but, not the first, you're not the first person to try it either because quite honestly like there's a lot of the guys up in the store like i told you the store there was a push for people that were like hey what if we just broke out like old first edition again like go and look up some of the cards print them out and just play the game like it was back in first edition because there are some people that are still nostalgic for it and I'm like, that's actually not a bad idea. Like, do it like one night. Like, bring out like I, you know, nothing beyond just, wave three. Just, just play, play the current game, and I guarantee you guys will like it. It's oh. like if you like playing 40k, you'll like playing um, like X Wing. Now, it's a good miniatures game. Well, I might have to do that. But like, it, you, but you don't need the amount of stuff you needed. You don't need to own every ship anymore. You can play, you can play a faction in X Wing now. Yeah, this is true. And like, I, I think because I, I still kind of have that content creator mindset with X Wing, sure. even though I just, I just don't. But like, there's been times where I've been tempted to not buy the new stuff. Like, I don't think I immediately went out and bought the Tie Bomber box because I like, I, whether I was spending money on something else that maybe I was, I just bought some Legion stuff or whatever. I didn't need to buy it that day. You know what I mean? But like eventually I got all of the boxes. Um but yeah, it I think I don't have any uh any reason to to not buy them when they come out. They don't take up that much space. So yeah, I'll keep buying X Wing as long as they keep making new stuff for it, regardless of how much I actually get to play it or not. <laughs> and what was it? Um, I felt you'll appreciate this one. It uh, it snowed last Friday, which is our X Wing night, and I was like, you know what? Does anyone want to play on TTS instead? I won't. Don't want to drive into a store. I'd rather play on the computer. Yep. Me, I, me yep, Ed. I is, would rather there... play X Wing on the computer now than play it in person. 
Yep. What a hypocrite. That, How much I've changed. There is that option too. Well, I don't know that I necessarily consider it a hypocrite because I again in our heyday, whenever Vassal was the big thing, I was playing games of Vassal. I don't know. I was playing probably, I'd say at least 70% of my games I was playing of X-Wing, I was playing in Vassal, and then 30% in person. Because that's, I mean, how, that's how deep I was into the game at the time. TGS is so much better than Vassal. I, I mean, I I was a holder. I think we played Vassal when TGS was still growing in popularity. And then I, me and you, and I think me and Sean played on TTS a little bit. A little bit. And it's so much better. Like, is it there i have there are at least five guys at the store that are playing 40k on tts and i'm like i try i couldn't play i so x-wing because it's fixed movement it's quicker x-wing playing x-wing on tts is faster than playing x-wing in person oh really because the computer it sorts out all the bumps for you automatically oh that's true the and that's the slow like it's one of the big things that slows down the game so you're not picking up and moving the ship. You're flipping the dial over and clicking move, and it moves it for you. Interesting. So, yeah, I, mean, um, I, I might have to. I might have to just just oh, out of curiosity. Maybe this my... weekend, Ed, as we were discussing. Maybe, maybe, maybe yeah, we've got a weekend kind of thing. Maybe I'll just dip my toe back in. I'll, I'll have you write me up a uh, an imperial list that oh, actually. Is... Um, so you'll be happy, in fact, because one of the best lists at the moment um, is rack uh, rack with Vader. And three tie bombers are like rack and bombers, just Ooh. saturation salvo, flight, just yeah. And it's it's, it's just it. it's just firing missiles and dropping bombs. Yeah, just um, fly around near where your objectives are. Be a be a pain, um, but yeah, it's really interesting how how the way to think about the game has moved, and yeah, it's really good. Uh, anyway, yeah, but we're on yeah. a different conversation now. Yeah, no, 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 it's okay. We're just kind of shooting the shit at this point. I think I kind of said most of what I was hoping to say. Like, again, me personally looking at, that's probably, it was probably my what, what inspired that for me is when I was like, okay, I can't make it to the game store. What am I going to do tonight? She's gone to bed for the evening. I've got all these games sitting here for the PS3 that I haven't touched. I'm going to put in Uncharted 2. And then you start going through the library and like, oh my God, holy crap, do I like... Do I have a problem? Am I just buying games to buy games to just have them sit on the shelf and look pretty? Or am I going so, to do something with them? That's I know what inspired this. I do think to actually address the direct question of collecting versus hoarding, I think if the motivator is formal, that you are hoarding. Yeah. And I think that is actually like a clean definition. If the reason you bought it is because you were scared that you would miss out on potential fun rather than wanting it because of like the the i own it because it brings me joy is collecting yes the having it because i'm worried that i'll miss out on fun is hoarding yeah that's pretty good like keeping in mind so like while i admittedly i i, I do recognize that saying that there's over 110 games up there i think it's 112 actually um is a large quantity of ps3 games i have every full intent like i don't have the games that are like oh that like i'm having it just to have it on a shelf like i'm never going to play that game that game has no every single one of those games I have done research on, I have well, looked at them, I've seen play on and said, that looks like something I might want to enjoy. Now, whether or not I do or not is a completely different story. What percentage of the games do you own because they were in a bundle or a collection that someone else was selling? So I have 
picked up some of those, but luckily for me, I have a local retro game store 10 minutes away from my house. So I have bought those. And I, the reason why I've gotten those bundles, because either I wanted the you know console that was with it because I was going to fix it and sell it, or I wanted a game yeah. or two. The ones that I don't want, I unload. Yeah, but and that's what I mean. That's not hoarding, then, is it? That's collecting. Yeah, yeah no, every, and, sing, every single well, game if you, there, if I have intentions to play. If you don't own seven copies of Madden 2003, or, you know, that's how you judge if you're hoarding computer games, Ed. How many yeah. different copies of the same Madden do you own? Uh, I don't own any sports games up there. Not every, <laughs> no, yeah. but that, that, like every yeah, no, collection that's, that's you buy a... is going to have a bunch of crappy oh Madden games that no one wants. So the, 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 the equivalent for that one is like every single time I've ever picked up a collection off of Facebook Marketplace, it has at least three Call of Duties. And yeah. it's one of those things like those games were probably great in their time and they were great in their time for the online, the online portion of that game of people going on. And play. Those games are not active online anymore. So I literally have no interest in owning them. Yeah. So I, I got owned two because they have apparently a really, really good story. Like the, the, they, they, this is back in the day whenever they go. were... Yeah, yeah, hoarding that. That's hoarding. Well, yeah. appar oh, apparently the story's really good, and I wouldn't want to miss out on having played it, but I've, I've got to play all of these good games I actually want to play first. Well, I'll put You're it this You're never going to play it. My... Get it sold. Yeah, probably. Yeah, the, 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 <laughs> there are... I only own two Call of Duty games. They're the, only the two that I have up there, are, and that's it. Like, because the rest of them, again, because the servers are shut down, there's no online... Uh, a perspective. Yeah. I, I know there's some ways there's some people that have some no, I know. Orders, yeah. but for, for all intents and purposes they're basically dead games online and I don't really like first person shooters don't really do it for me on a console Yeah. so eh do you know what I mean no so, I, like, I get it completely like like there's a um, ton of RPGs up there I want to get through like at, what, uh, at some th point this is walking the line now of what I like and don't like to talk about like, uh, I own I own The Last of Us and The Last of Us 2 because apparently mm, they've, they've got really good stories and it's a The Last of, Us, Last of Us by far 100% recommend that game. Oh my god, it's so yeah. good. But realistically, I'm never going to play it. <gasps> never, ever am I going to play it because I, I just don't care. But I bought it because what if I... I it, uh, I might be harder and hard to get. Okay, it was FOMO. I bought it because it was on sale. I had the money in my pocket. Like that, those I could probably get rid of. Yeah, like, if, you're never, if you don't ever intend to play them, like I bought. First I, of I all, played, I played Alex Kid with Evie like a bunch of times now. If I never play it again, I will feel like I got my money's worth. I yeah. bought Shooter and I made sure I got it with a physical copy so that I can have my little orc jumping up and down on his platform, shooting space marines. <laughs> I, I've, I've played that for maybe an hour. I've, I've got my money's worth, whatever. It doesn't matter if I've never played again. It will sit on my shelf because it, it's a novelty. But, like, is it even, is it like, no, prestige is the wrong word, but it, it's like uh, if someone comes and looks at my PS3 collection, I don't have The Last of Us. Do I even have a, a collection? <laughs> some people Which is some some people don't like those types of games. I don't. I. I, I don't judge. I. 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 I'm no, well, you know, but you know what I mean. It's like, oh, you've got to have these games on your shelf. Okay, so I'll make sure I've got those games on my shelf, and then the ones they actually play. Mm -hmm. 
The, like, it, someday, if there was a large enough audience uh, in our audience that would be interested, I'd love to sit down and just have a PS3 uh, collecting conversation. The one reason why I will point to the last of the Last of Us was such a highly, um, highly published game late life in the PS3 collection, and then it got a remaster on the PS4, and then it got another re release on the PS5. The PS3 version is obviously considered the quote unquote worst way to play that game. Which makes I mean, my version better. might even be PS4. I don't know. Yeah, the the PS4 remaster is really really good, um, but and I've played both on the PS3 and the PS4, but but it's dirt cheap. Yeah. So it's it's like a five dollar. It's a five dollar game. It's easily one of the top five best games ever made for the console. It's so good. So like that to me, like having a five dollar game on the uh, shelf. But what about Ed? If you if the if the PS3 shelf was one game over all of the games fit on the shelf. Ooh. I don't know because I'm so but that, you know that's yeah. conversation isn't it? Cuz it's not just like cuz then do does that game make you need to buy say your shelf fits 20 games you've got 21 do you now need to buy 19 more games? Yeah. Yeah, no, <laughs> no, it's not like that. I don't, I don't... <laughs> So here's so here's probably the here's my last point on this, and I think is probably the so at one point in time, way back when, and not that far back, a couple of years ago, I had started uh, retro game collecting, which means I started yeah. with the Atari Twenty Six Hundred, and I wanted to keep that, and then I started buying that, and I was buying the NES games all at the same time, and I had the original consoles, original hardware, was playing all of them, and my original thought process was, oh, well, the kids are going to play with it, it's going to be fun for them, and then you find out really really quickly, kids in twenty twenty two and twenty twenty three do not give a flying fuck about old maybe maybe like like uh, my youngest son was really into he wanted to beat mike tyson got to mike tyson couldn't beat mike tyson and kind of put it down never touched it again um my youngest daughter is probably the closest one for me that actually is kind of into the road like she's really enjoying her 360 games um she's only got about three or four games that she's really been into but she's been into she's been um the what's the big one she's been doing the sims 3 on the 360 and she did a little bit of skyrim on the 360 so she's enjoying yeah. it but I only have like, I don't know, 20 games for the 360. But for me, the reason why I was, I remember the moment that this happened too. I was getting ready to start getting into the Genesis and the NES next. And then I saw an art, I saw a video on YouTube about a Raspberry Pi and running RetroPie on them. You can have all these consoles on them. And as soon as I saw that, ran out and bought a, a Raspberry Pi, built it up, put all the old games on there, all the, every, every library from the PS1 down fits on a little box this big and I got rid of all of it because yeah. for, for me to scratch that itch, like every once in a while, even on my steam deck, the other last night, um, hot pot cracked open the steam deck, played about three or four Atari games. Like, yep. Okay. Scratch the itch. And then you put it away. Like yeah. I don't need the hardware to scratch that itch. It's not, I know that there is a PS3 emulator out there right now and they're still working on it. They've got about 60% playable games. Like not all the good and not all the games are playable. at some point in time in history, probably in the not too distant future, the entire PS3 library is going to be a hundred. It's just going to be the exact, like the exact same thing. I'm going to have a little box on the shelf. It's going to have every single game that they ever made. Like if I ever want to play them, I can play them. And then all of that will probably go away. Like, cause That's I have, no, I have no nostalgia for that console, but I really am enjoying it right now. Cause it's, it's really the best way to play some of those games. Yeah, when I was in the UK, before I moved to Canada, I had um, Super Nintendo um, with a pretty deep collection of games. I had my Super Scope. Uh, oh, everything, yeah. everything was boxed. Um, I'd got the Super Scope 
uh, separate to the console box. Obviously, it came as a bundle, um, which was a more popular way of buying it than buying it on its own. Um, I had all of the stuff, and I used to like play, play. It was set up like permanently set up in my gaming room. Um, then I moved to Canada and I had to sell everything. I lost a bunch of money. Again, it, I I had to sell it quickly, so I didn't get the value from it yeah. all. Um, and then I never really had the inclination to start collecting them again. And then the NES Classic came out, and I I drove around the city. I queued up to get one on launch day from Toys R Us in Calgary. I was like, the second to last person in line or whatever to get one. Um, the SNES Classic, I did the same and went and got that. And now I just have those. I don't need... Yeah, I don't need my... 200 games. I only read like oh. the 20, 25 games that I really enjoyed, and, that, and that's it. Yeah. Well, Scratches, I, I... Scratches that nostalgia itch, and then you're good. I've had no inclination to crack any of them to add more games either. Um, and it's fine. Um I think obviously I picked up the um, PSP and I I got bought a few games for that and that but that was because we were going back to the UK or whatever and then like I've got a little bit of play out of it and like Evie played on it a little bit as well um, but even that I'm like not all boy worried about I just so yeah. Uh, like, I'll say something here. It's no insult to Sean. I absolutely a hundred percent love that man. But I thought one of the things I thought was strange whenever Sean bought his steam deck, which influenced me to get his steam deck. I was like, I can't believe he's going to buy, he's going to spend that kind of money just to play retro games. And there's so many more uh, price cost efficient ways to do what he wants to do on a device for a whole lot less money. And I'm not going to lie. I spend more time playing old retro games on my Steam Deck than I do modern games. Like, because I've tried to sit down and play um, Boulder's Gate 3. Like, I really wanted to try to get into Boulder's Gate 3, but I'm, it's for me playing a I game. I didn't even that, buy it because I knew. I, I know what you're going to say, and I just, I must say, I yeah. didn't even buy it. Well, like, I can't, like, for me, it's playing it on a handheld like i want a mouse and keyboard like and i have like i'm going to be picking up a um a dock for it so i can hook it up and do it so i can do it that way but man i'll tell you what i um i i was at a doctor's appointment for my daughter uh last week took my steam deck with me because i knew it was going to be sitting there for hours and hours because we, we she has a clinic every three months i don't know if i've ever i think i have mentioned this because we've done this for charity my two oldest children are type one diabetics and every three months they go to children's hospital in pittsburgh um to just to do their standard diabetes thing it's like a four-hour trip to, from start yeah. to finish to go through all the labs go through the blood work go through the checkout the whole night and a lot of it is just kind of sitting and waiting well, I took my Steam Deck with me. What was I playing on my Steam Deck? Playing old retro video games. Was I playing modern ones? No. Does every time, like that 200 and some dollars, well, to kind of bring it all together, that 200 and some dollars that Gabe bought, got on his um, Steam account, we share a Steam account, whatever games he gets, yeah. I'm going to get for the Steam Deck. They're all going to be there. And I spend, and so I remember thinking when Sean got it, going, oh, I can't believe he's just doing that just to play retro games. And here I am. I did the exact same thing. And I've, that's all, that's for the most part, that's all I do with it. Castlevania Symphony of the Night, I, 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 I have a theory. Uh, the older games are easier to pick up and put down. No, walk I, away from. A hundred percent. Whereas in like modern games are designed to 
give you those dopamine hits as fast as they can to hook you in and make you want to binge them so that you're done and can move on to the next game. They're designed to be harder to put down and walk away from. But if you're not in that lifestyle, it's harder to to step into that. Yeah, that's because that, you you like that's a hundred percent the problem I'm having with Boulder, had with Baldur's Gate three is that like I'd play it for an hour or two and then it'd be like a week and a half before I get around to being able to pick it back up again and like I don't even remember what I was doing like I don't remember the next town I was supposed to go to I don't remember the next mission I was supposed to go to like it's I I have to kind of like reacclimate to it whereas like you're right with some of those other games either a I know them so well I know exactly where I am or b I can just like I like I said, I played Atari games last night right before I went well, to bed. If, pick if up, you play, it it's not like you play our type and go, "Oh man, I've got to finish the get to the next level so I can." Get right, the, you're exactly. just moving up and down, blowing up spaceships. It doesn't matter. Yeah, exactly. No, it's yeah. a good theory. It's a good theory. All right, I think that's all I've got on this one, and I do have that work thing in the morning, so I think that's yeah. going to do. It. Unless you've got anything else, any final thoughts you'd like to add? No, I'm pretty pretty happy with that. So we'll uh, we'll wrap it up. I can do the closing stuff if you like. Oh, I was all prepared for this to be able to go. I, I, if you if you've got it down, you can go. All right. So I just want to I just want to make sure that I got the website because I know it's it's dicehateproductions.com. No, just dice8.com. Perfect. All right. So if again, if you want to get in contact with the show, meet me, Chris, Sean, me, myself. If you do, if you do want a PS3 primer show, I'm sure I can find someone to sit with me long enough to go over for 30 minutes to go over how to collect the PS3. I'd love to get into that conversation. You can go to dice8.com. That's where you can find not only our Discord, where we have oodles of fun conversations, and you get to see Chris's hand-drawn backgrounds. Those are fantastic. Um, but that also is going to get you a link to the patreon for the show and of course that'll get you into the the store for dice eight where you can get all kinds of cool stuff from basing materials i get a whole bunch of the new bases the 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 column bases that i almost did for my uh i did i tell you i ended up magnetizing i ended up gluing magnets to myself yeah to to i I almost did the column ones though for my seraphim because that would have been really cool um, but you can get all of those things right there at dicehate.com. That includes the email, able to get in touch with us. And do you still have the old, or did you update to the, the X logo, or is it still the Twitter icon? Um, I, I don't know. Oh, here we go. Spot check. Here it is. Dicehate.com. Look at that. It's already in my history. Imagine that. And um, it's still the still, bird. Still the bird. It's <laughs> still the bird. Still the bird. Facebook page is going to be there. And of course the discord and Chris's Instagram is all going to be found right there, including his YouTube channel. Yeah. There you the see. Twitch, I think I'm the Twitch streams on there as well. Or not, but I, I, I haven't streamed on Twitch. And so it's one of the things. Oh, that is the Twitch icon. I thought that was a discord. Is, you are correct. It, it's um, someday, Chris. Someday uh, it, 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 I think it, it's a, the fear of failure thing again, of like, we're not wanting to do a backdrop because I might do them badly. I I don't want to start streaming again because then I'll say I'll be streaming again and then I'll do two days in a week and then not be able to do it for another, you know what I mean? So So for so for me, here's I guess here's here's the thing for me when it comes to something like Twitch. Twitch is a commitment that I can't make. I know I I know I can't make it because if I if I want to be successful at it, I have to be on basically every day. 
and I have to play for several hours a day and I simply do not have the time. It's kind of like whenever I was going through the library of my PS3 games and ooh, that's a 90 hour game to beat it. Nope. I'm going to st- maybe that's a summer game. Maybe that's a, when I have more time to dedicate that, to it right now. That's kind of where I'm hoping that given all of the change that was so without going too deep into like politics of the store and how it everything's kind of panning out i've lost like 40 to 60 hours a month down if i look at my average hours mm. that i used to invoice for dice hate and don't get me wrong i'm a lot happier like i'm so less stressed with and like the store is back to being a fun easy job now i i don't have to worry about sales i don't like all of that's irrelevant but Obviously, there's a financial side to that. Yeah. I ultimately, it's dice hate money, and because of the way we ended up to structuring a mortgage, I had to pay off all of the dice hate debt anyway. So, like, rather than dice being in debt, it now owes me a bunch of money, which <laughs> we don't care. Obviously, as long as we're not having to put more and more money in all the time, that's fine. Uh, but. It shouldn't actually matter. Dice it should be self self sustaining now, even with that loss in hours. Oh, that's so right, none of that doesn't really matter, which means but that's forty to sixty hours a month that I'm not doing shit for the sentry box. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of hoping that after Christmas, once we settle into a routine, find out exactly what I need to be doing for events, social media find out exactly where I have to sort in this extra shift to pay for a car, that then I might be able to come up with a schedule. Good. And that, like, so hope, I mean, I'm not going to promise anything because I, I feel like, like, uh, multiple times a year, I say I'm going to do something and then it kind of falls through and I feel bad about it. And I just don't want that guilt. Yep, but no, I totally get that. I, I feel like there is potential there and it's just going to be what i decide to prioritize if i decide to prioritize sitting at a table doing drawings and and that and not sure you know i could stream it but maybe i don't and i want it to be something that i can just switch off and not be is that there's a there's a performative part of streaming uh-huh. as well exactly you, it, it isn't relaxing and doing something fun necessarily all the time maybe i want to allocate time to that maybe i want to allocate time to my family now that it, like there's more to do there but uh-huh we'll see i i i'm committed every thursday i'm recording something with either you guys or um zach and alan for um for deployment garrison so i'm i'm still do you know there's still that urge to talk about games and be involved and make it some content um so yeah, maybe we'll see. I, I've I've kept it. I haven't let it die completely. So we'll kind of see how it goes. Yeah, I, every once in a while I get the itch, and then I I, I think to myself, if I want to, if I I'm the type of person if I want to do something, I want to be successful at doing it. And I agree with you. There's that performative factor of it, and I'm like, I don't have the time in my life right now to allocate two to three hours every day, Monday through Saturday. Maybe take a day off just sitting down in front of a computer and playing games when there's so many other things that I want to do. Um, I'm going to have two tanks I'm going to need to paint and Crusaders. And then if I really want to be WYSIWYG with my sister's army, I really have two other sisters I really need to paint because I've got a heavy bolter that's pretending to be a multi-melter right now. And I have a model upstairs that needs to be painted. I have a 
Stormbolter that's pretending to be a Meltagun, even though I have a girl up there that's got a Meltagun in her hand. I should probably paint those before I get to Adepticon. So, like, I know gearing up into the early part of the year, I've got painting work I need to do. And yeah. I've got crisp. I've got a whole bunch of time coming off here in the next week or so for Christmas. This, everything's primed. Everything. I just need to sit down and do some painting. And I think that's uh, uh, between that and some PS and some Arkham Asylum. I think that's that's going to be my my Christmas hol holiday. So, yeah. So anyway, all right. Appreciate everyone tuning in, Chris. Always fun talking to you. Oh, it's always good to be here, my friend. All right, and until next time, guys. As always, fly casual. Thanks for listening to a Lack of Focus podcast brought to you by Dice Hate Productions. <laughs>